I need a pianist to get ready. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Totally kidding right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate something, and the intention is for it to be vivid. And I'm, I'm using Brother Max because he's going, he and Carrie are going through something that many of you have gone through that Andrea and I are navigating, watching your first child transition into a new phase of life. And you start to feel things. And, and I, want, I want husbands and wives to get this. And look at me, I want, I want Alex Tinsley to get this. And I want teenagers to get this. I want single adults to get this. I want adults in their 60s and 70s to get this. What we're going to talk about tonight. You know that we've been on this passage in Luke 4 of Jesus' temptation for a few weeks now. And we have at least tonight, and it might be that we have one more message in a couple of weeks. But Luke 4, verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. I know that doesn't seem like a significant thing. But the devil was offering him immediate gratification in exchange for God's purpose. And Jesus answered him saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil taking him up into an high mountain showed unto him all the kingdom of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Here was the promise of the Father, you're going to be the eternal sacrifice and then all nations and kingdoms will bow before you. And Satan is offering an easier way. Listen, you can have rule without the cross. You can have the crown without the cross. Just worship me. Give me a moment. Just worship me for a moment. And Jesus answered and said unto him in verse 8, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Here's the point. And I really need you to lock in on verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Some of our teens are going to recognize this statement. I'll give you who said it in a little bit. But here's the title. What you want in a moment Versus what you want most. What you want in a moment. Versus what you want most. Father, as, as always, I need your help. 
God, I'm, I'm, thankful, I'm thankful tonight to have met guests. My heart is so full watching our kids sing. Just, I love watching the, the younger ones sing. I, I love watching our elementary kids sing and, and do these different enactments. And I love the fact, I'm grateful for the fact that we, that you are building a church that is, has the potential. If we'll, if we'll follow you and if we'll be committed to you, it has the potential to be reproducing the faith of Jesus from one generation to the next, affecting generations for who knows how many years. Lord, you're doing that, and we're thankful for it. And tonight, God, I'm, I've been stirred up about this message for a little while, and I, I understand that, my, that I can get in the way, and I understand that I need your help. And so would you work in every person that's listening tonight to give you attention, and would you help the communication of this to be effective and to, to communicate by the work of your spirit, exactly what your people need. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. It's amazing how fast time goes by. It's ridiculous, actually. Um, when, when we moved here, Jaron had not yet turned three. Not yet, he was two, two years old when we moved here. Now the ding-dong is six. <laughs> I say, I can say this just from, from a parent's perspective. There are some days with Jaron that have been really long. <laughs> but then you look at how quickly the time is passing, and it's just stunning. It's, it's amazing how quickly it goes by. Man, I love, I love Alex Tinsley. She's a blessing. But I can say this with some confidence. There probably been some days dealing with her where her mom and dad were like, we're just ready for this day to be over. <laughs> this child needs to go to bed. She needs to stop. You say, why would you say that? I, I don't know of any particular incident. I just know she's a sinner. How do you know that? Because the Bible says it. Her parents are sinners. Guess what? Your kids are sinners too. Like, man, look at these beautiful children. They're just angels. No, they're not. They're wicked, and they need a Savior. They need Jesus. That's why we have a church. Hallelujah. Brother Max, can you remember when you held her for the first time? No, look, I'm, I'm not trying to be ridiculous now. I, I, please get it. I don't mind if you laugh, but get it. Do you remember when you held her for the first time? burned into my brain I can I can take you through my kids specific things just it's amazing this child's almost a woman now <laughs> it's amazing this is what this is what Max and Carrie know as Alex as many of you know as Alex begins to cross that threshold, and it's not, listen, I don't care what the government says. Just because you're 18 doesn't mean you don't need to listen to your parents. Somebody say amen to that. Again and again and again. The government says a lot of dumb stuff. 
just because you passed a law somewhere that says an 18-year-old can do whatever they want, okay, I get the legality of it, but just because you're 18, young people, just because you're 18 doesn't mean you know everything that's best for your life. You might want to consider your parents, you might want to consider a pastor, you might want to consider a youth leader and some people that love you and care about you. No, it's helpful. But Alex is, Alex is crossing into this threshold of adulthood, and it's a process. No, I understand there, there's age there, but it's a process. And mom and dad are working through this process of understanding how to help guide her and also at the same time to begin to give her freedom. And, I, and this would be true of many different things, and I'm only using one because of, because of what I hope would be the power of the, of the illustration. But one day, and I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's two years down the road, maybe it's five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, I mean, something like that. Brother Max and Brother Kerry have prayed about this. I haven't asked them. I know it. They have prayed about the futures of their children, including their romance. No, I know they have. Ask them. Feel free. They have prayed about it. And, and, and they want, they want, and Alex, you need to know this. And young people, you need to know this, that you have parents and you have a pastor who have prayed about these things and who think about these things. And when you get frustrated with the tediousness of moments and things you have to go through, you think we exist just to make your life miserable, but we have a much bigger picture in mind. And there is a God who has an even bigger picture than that in mind because his perspective is so much greater. But though they may not see every detail of it, Max and Carrie have seen the moment in their minds when he walks his daughter down the aisle. I don't have to ask Alex this, but I know that she probably wants that one day. <laughs> Maybe sooner than her dad wants her to have it. <laughs> okay, look, can you just grab your dad's arm like you're going to walk down the aisle? Okay, I, I just want you to get it. Every step is going to represent a moment. Just take one step. Take another step. Right now, Alex told me this morning that she has six Mondays left to high school. Are you excited? You're beaming. <laughs> she has six Mondays left for high school. And then she's going to enjoy the summer and go to college. Like uh, Emma Dewey's in college and Melina is in college. And I uh, think about the Rides kids in college. We got all kinds of kids being in college, and it's like, good night, people. You were in high school, and you were in junior high before that. You were up here in Patch, for crying out loud, what's going on? It's just moving. And I'm sure there were moments when Max and Carrie thought, like, man, good night. Longest day ever. But it's amazing now how fast those moments are passing, isn't it? Okay, stop right there. There's a goal. That this isn't the only goal. Don't misunderstand. But there is a goal. Let me go ahead and promote the marriage retreat. Romance isn't man's idea. Romance is God's idea. And it's of God that a young woman dream about it at some point. It's of God that a young man dream about it and have a desire for it. That is of God. And it's also of God that dads be like pit bulls that have never been trained and have rabies. 
and just bite everything. <laughs> no, that's of God too. But romance is of God. And that's a moment. That's a long-term plan. It's more than a moment. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a long-term plan that God is trying to bring a young lady to who with every step she gets closer to becoming a young woman. And then one day she's going to be an independent woman, not independent of needing God, not independent of needing counsel, but a young woman who has the ability to live her life and to follow God. And her parents have thought about the moment when they're, when they're going to, by the grace of God, they're going to bring her to this point. She's going to arrive at this point in her life. And there will be a union to celebrate. And there will be a new addition to the family and an extension. And this family tree has produced another family tree that is going to produce another family tree. Look, this isn't something weird. This is of God from one generation to another generation to another generation. And God has these plans. But you know what's happening with every moment, every step? There's temptation. Stop right there. There's temptation. Look, I'm, Alex, you understand this, okay? I'm not, I'm not picking on you. I'm, I'm talking to you, but this is the same conversation I've had with my own daughter. You go to, you go to college, and you have freedom there that you've, that it's right. You've proven that you can be trusted, but you're going to have freedom and responsibility there that you haven't had uh, in some ways at any other time in your life. And there will be temptation. It can be a Bible college, it can be a Christian college, it can be BSU, it can be wherever. You're like, well, there's not temptation at Bible colleges. You are a fool. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where you go. There's temptations. And, it, and again, please understand this. I'm not, I'm not targeting Alex. This is true of Alex. It's true of every other teenage young lady and young man in here. It's true of every single adult. It's true of every married adult. This is true. There are going to be moments of temptation when you want something really bad. And I know this is the prayer of a dad and mom. This is the prayer of a pastor. I've had this conversation with my own children. I've had this conversation with other people. You have to make sure that in those moments, you remember what it is that you want most. And what happens in the lives of people is that we find ourselves in moments where we seek relief from or gratification of, and we endanger what we want most. I love your family. If God allows mainly because I want to laugh at your dad, but also because I care about you. I want to say this one day. Who gives this woman? It's what we want most. But there will be moments where you are tempted to sacrifice what you want most for the relief or for the gratification or whatever it is for what you want in a moment. Y'all have done a great job. You can be seated. Thank you so much for helping. Jesus' temptation lasted 40 days. He was dealing with extreme hunger, and he's, 
facing temptation during that entire time, but in these final moments of this particular season, three temptations are recorded. His trust in the Father's provision, his willingness to submit to the Father's process, and him being presumptuous about the Father's care. And all of it can kind of be summed up in this way, that he was, he was being challenged. Satan was challenging him to, with whether or not he believed that God's way was best. Can we, can we just admit this? And it's okay to admit this, that sometimes the way that God is leading us is really, really hard. No, sometimes the thing that God allows is hard in our lives. Sometimes the direction that we're going, not because of anything we've done, but because of other decision, the decisions that other people have made, because of consequences that we had no control over, because of circumstances that aren't a fault, they just happen. Man, things can be really hard, and there can be times when we, we are, our, our confidence in God's provision and our confidence in God having a purpose and a plan, it can be very, it can be challenged greatly. And we can begin to doubt it and wonder, is there any purpose for my life? Is there any reason for this? And the truth is, you might not ever fully understand the complete purpose of God for every difficulty and trial and failure and up and down that you've been through. But Satan is challenging Jesus. Listen, you have the ability right now to make yourself bread. The point wasn't that he didn't, that it would be wrong to eat. The point was he needed to submit himself to eating when he was finished with the process that God had him in and trusting the Father's provision for it. The point wasn't that he was never going to rule. The point was that he had to humble himself to the death of the cross and be obedient and allow himself to become a sacrifice, to be the sacrifice for all sin, of all people, of all time. And then after that, that he would be highly exalted. Have a name above every name. And the point isn't that God wouldn't take care of him after if he fell off of the temple. The point was he wasn't supposed to use the father's care to act presumptuously and just do whatever impulse he had in the moment. And so Jesus responds properly in each of these instances but then we get to verse number 13 and it's subtle but it's so helpful and I want you to get it I've already tried to show you where we're going but when the devil had what's that word okay verse 13 and when the devil had ended all the temptation he departed from him for a season a season there are two realities about temptation that we are reminded of in this text, in this account of Jesus. And I, I want you to have them in mind. Here's the first reality. Tempt temptation is tedious and troublesome. You know what tedious means? Long and slow. Troublesome means exactly what you think it means. Hard, painful, difficult, unrelenting. It, it hurts. And there are, there are seasons when the pain doesn't seem to stop. And it just goes on and on. I, 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 want, I want this, 
this pain from being rejected to go away. You've, you've been through a, a difficult relationship breakup where you were doing the right thing and your spouse or the person you were involved with did the wrong thing and it, and it hurt your heart and it wounded you. And you're thinking, man, I just, I really want this pain to go away. Or you're going through an illness and you're going through treatments and you're going through the uncertainty of the future and you're saying, I really want this to be resolved and, and I want this discomfort to be ended. You're going through some process to overcome some kind of habit and yet you know what it's like when you have a habit that's ingrained in you, when you have something that you've been allowing or that you've been doing for years and years, that those things have taken deep root and it can be very painful trying to overcome them. I just want this craving to leave me. I just, I want this impulse to leave me. I want this sadness to be gone. I want this, I want this loneliness to end. I want this to be finished so I don't have to deal with it. Look, we, we talk, I preach openly, we talk openly, not inappropriately, but we talk openly about things. Men, young men, fathers, grandfathers, friends, please understand this. There is not a day when you do not have to guard your heart against sexual temptation. I don't care how long you've been in church, and I don't care how consistently you read your Bible, and I don't care what position you have in this church, and I don't care how long you've been married, there is not a day that you can afford to let your guard down, because it's not just accessible, it is pursuing you relentlessly. No, the enemy is pursuing our children, the enemy is pursuing our single adults. The enemy is pursuing marriages. And it's not just men that have to be aware of it, but ladies have to be aware of it. And can I ask you for some transparency? I'm not asking you to admit anything other than what we know. There are times when that kind of temptation can feel very appealing. No, it's true. It is true. I'm not saying it does for you the way it does for every, others. I'm not saying it does for everyone the same way. But that temptation has appeal. The temptation, young people. Look at me. Look at me. The temptation to fit in with a group of people. Man, I just, I just want to be liked. I just want somebody to like me, and I want someone to affirm me, and I just, I want to be popular, and I don't want to hear people making fun of me because of the church that I go to. I don't want to have people making fun of me because I believe in Jesus. I just, I just want to be liked, and I want to have friends that like me. Man, pastor, I just, I really, I just want life to be easy. And I, I don't want to have to worry about where the money's going to come from. And, and if I just give up being in church and I just, I just commit myself to working every Sunday. And by the way, you understand my philosophy on that. There are certain elements of society where that is necessary. But even for those elements of society that are necessary, the, the counter to that is this. You still have a responsibility to make sure that you are being spiritually invested in. No, don't get quiet on me. This isn't, I'm not criticizing and I'm not being hypocritical here. I want the police out on Sundays. You say, why? Because bad guys don't care about the Lord's day. 
I want the hospitals being open on Sundays. Because sickness doesn't limit itself to Monday through Saturday. I'm thankful for firemen. I'm thankful for first responders. But everyone involved in those fields also needs to understand this. You still have a spiritual walk and you still have a responsibility to keep yourself plugged in and to make sure that you're getting what you need and you're being invested like you need. And there can be some that would say, hey, look, I just need, I just need the money. And if I'll give up the Sundays, I'll have more money and it'll just make life easier with no thought for what that does to your children long term young people you say i just i just want to have a good time and look my parents lied i mean they lied ashlyn ask me if i ever lied as a kid no ask me what say it louder yes and Ashland's thinking, man, my dad lied, and look at him. He's a pastor. Who cares? He said, I just, I just want to be able to have a good time, and my parents don't need to know everything, and I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do, and, what, and, what's the, and what's the big deal? You're tempted to give in to some kind of pressure to pursue gratification, whether it be sexual or otherwise through some means outside of God's ordained means for those for those right desires to be met. And understand, please, please don't go into the ditch. God created a, a desire for physical intimacy. That is of God. But it's also of God when and how that is met. That is of God. And you're going to feel these pressures. You feel the, the pressure, the temptation to give in to bitterness or a hasty decision. Well, they, th this happened and I'm just, man, that person has wronged me for the last time and I am just, I am done with this. I am tired of feeling this hurt. I'm tired of feeling this pain. The temptation might even be this. Man, I just need to give up on my life. I've messed up so many times and nobody loves me and there's no value to my life. There's just no point in me existing. That is a real temptation that people face. No, Jesus faced it. Just throw yourself the temple situation. Temptation is tedious and troublesome, but please get this. Temptation, no matter how tedious and no matter how troublesome, is always temporary. Oh, get it. Notice what happened to Jesus. He said no for 40 days. Now he says no to turning the rocks into bread. He says no to having an easier way. He says no to jumping off of the temple roof. Then something really encouraging happens. The devil leaves him. Now note, it does say, if you're paying attention in verse 13, the devil left him for a season. This is what we have to be aware of. Temptation ebbs and flows. It comes and then it goes, and then it comes, and then it goes. Young people, it comes, and then it goes. It comes, and then it goes. But no temptation, no matter how difficult, no matter how tedious, no matter how hard, no temptation is permanent. And I want you to notice what happens. After, after all of this, he was ministered to, and his life was able to continue to move forward. 
The, the battle of temptation, after going 40 days without food, after dealing with the pressure of Satan, telling him there's an easier way to the crown than through the cross, and all of these other battles that he fought, Jesus recognized this temptation, this hunger, this desire to not suffer. This is not permanent. And so Jesus didn't sacrifice what he wanted most for what appealed to him in a moment. He didn't give that up. Can I, can I encourage you with this? Please get this. The feeling of hopelessness is not forever. It's not. The feeling of of intensity and pain is not permanent. The, the desire and, and the overwhelming appeal of temptation in a moment, young people, when you have a phone or married men or married women, when you have some device or single adults, when you, when you have something appealing to you and, and there's something that you really, really want to look at, you please, I understand I'm, I'm speaking very practically, but please get it. It, it can feel overwhelmingly strong in, them, in that moment, but if you can survive that moment, you understand that God helps to remove that. You have this overwhelming sense that, man, I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind, and I'm just going to let my husband have it, or I'm going to let my wife have it, or I'm going to let my kids have it, or I'm going to let my neighbor have it. Whatever it is, you, just, you want to speak and vent in anger, and it just, it's welling up in you like a volcano. But if you'll survive that moment, and you'll ask God for mercy, and just say, listen, I don't need to say anything right now because my spirit isn't controlled by a desire to help or to be right. My spirit is controlled by anger. And if you can survive that moment, you know that that raging impulse subsides. The intensity doesn't carry over every single minute of every single day. The temptation, the intensity of the temptation doesn't last from moment to moment to moment. There is an ebb and there is a flow to it. But here's the danger. You yield to temptation in a moment and put in jeopardy what you want most. Now, okay, I, there's a danger we take this too far. And I think I'm almost done, but please stay with me here. Are you thankful for grace? And no one is used of God because they are perfect. No one's used of God because they're perfect. I thank God for grace. I thank God for restoring mercy. I thank God for salvation. I thank God that he doesn't save people because of what they do. He, thanks, he saves people because they believe in him to save them. I'm thankful for that. That's good. I am thankful that God can take anyone from anywhere and use them for his purpose in building his kingdom. I'll say it again. God can take anyone from anywhere and use them in the purpose of building his kingdom. I am thankful for that. I am thankful for grace. But please don't go into the other ditch which says this. It doesn't matter what I do. Because the decisions that we make do have consequences. No, they do have consequences. And there are moments of temptation where you are in danger 
of seeking instant relief or gratification that jeopardize what you want most. So what do you need to do? Well, number one, remember that the temptation doesn't last and neither does the gratification. Can, do we have anyone here that would give testimony to the fact that the, the satisfaction of giving in to temptation does not last? Come on, come on, somebody help me out on this. No, no go ahead and talk about it. Don't be ashamed of this. We are, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and honestly, anyone that's saved has given in to temptation in one way or another. Me, anybody else. No, but understand that whatever relief there is or whatever gratification there is, it doesn't last. And you've only created a tendency to give in to that temptation even more. You've only created a dependency to give in to that temptation even more. And it's only going to take you further and further and further. And this is what the Bible says about sin. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Every time, if it's, not in, if it's not interrupted, if there's not a change. So, so please understand, remind yourself tonight, whatever it is that I'm going through, whatever it is that I'm trying to resist, whatever the struggle is, it's not permanent, and the, the relief for the gratification is not going to be permanent either. Number two, keep this in mind. In moments, in moments... When I am tempted, there are people who will help me. In moments, when I am tempted, there are people who will help me. Man, I, have, I try to have open dialogue with my kids. What do you mean? I want them to be able to talk to me about anything. I know, I'm, no, I'm, I'm very open with this about my children and with my church family. There are, there are individuals I want them to have the freedom to talk to. And I, I even give them a list. I don't leave it up to them to decide. I tell them, you can talk to this person and this person, and these are the kind of people that will help you. I want, I want them to know there are people who can help them. I don't want them feeling like they gotta go find somebody on TikTok or in a school somewhere that really understands them. I want them to know that there are people that know better and that want to help them and love them. But can I tell you this? I want to be the first option. I want, I want, I want my wife to be the first option. And so we talk about this, and I tell my sons, I tell this, when it comes to matters of a physical nature that they are going through and that I know are, the pressure is only going to increase as they get older, you are never going to be in trouble with me because you struggle with something and you need help figuring out how to navigate it and overcome it. Brothers and sisters, we need to be a church where people who are struggling can be helped. No, I, I love this last year at the at the marriage retreat, this statement was made by our speaker. If you're struggling with pornography, talk to your pastor. And I know your pastor, and he is not going to condemn you. He's not going to criticize you. He wants to help you. And I just want to give testimony to this. I just want to help people have victory in their life. Say, man, what is he going to think? I'm going to think the thing about you after that I already think about you. And that's the same thing I think about myself. What's that? I'm a sinner, and I need grace. I need Jesus. 
and you're a sinner, and you need grace, and you need Jesus, and you say, man, man, but we got some teens that really need to be willing to talk to their parents or to their youth workers or to their pastor or whoever it is. Yeah, but we also might have some adults that need to have some conversations too. See, you don't have to fight these battles alone. The temptation doesn't last forever, and neither does the gratification last forever. And there are people who want to help you with this. If you're willing to say, I struggle with this, can you help me through this? Help me understand how to deal with it. Swallow your pride. Humble yourself. Last, last thing, last thing. The consequences of yielding to temptation last way longer than the gratification of yielding to temptation. I'm not saying there's no grace. I'm not saying there's no rescuing. I'm not saying God doesn't work and restore. I'm just telling you, once it goes so far, the consequences of yielding to temptation can last far longer than the gratification that you got from that moment. So here's the statement. Don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want in the moment. We were at, a, we were at the college days and Jason Gaddis, the pastor, he made that statement unrelated to this text. Just burned in me. Like that's gonna be useful somewhere. And then I'm studying for this and I'm like, that's where that's useful. But before I got to this sermon, a, a, a few weeks ago, a, a, a couple that I invested in when I was the college and career director, I'm, a, I'm almost done. A couple that were in our college class, Andrea and I did their premarital counseling. I was on staff in Stillwater. We invested a lot in them personally, and then as God began to bring them together, we invested in them. And they've, they've even come to Idaho a couple of times. And this this young man, he reached out to me. He has two children now. He reached out to me a few weeks ago. And, and he said, what is, what is the principle or the mindset or the thing that you use to help you stay on track as a husband, as a dad? This is a loaded question. It's a loaded question. And part of what I'm trying to communicate tonight was born out of giving that question thought. Let me tell you where my mind went. One day, and like Alex Tinsley getting married, I hope it's many years from now, but one day, this body will be in a casket. It will be. And I'm not given any promise of life. And if you think, oh man, you got a long time to live, that's really presumptuous of God. Because he just says it's appointed. And he tells me I ought to be living every day like it could be my last day. One day, his body's going to be up here. I'm thankful that salvation has nothing to do with how I've lived my life. I'm thankful for that. It doesn't. Tonight, you're not saved because you're perfect, and you're not saved because you come to a church. The only reason you're saved is because you've trusted in Jesus Christ. And by the way, once you trust in Jesus Christ to be your Savior, you can't lose it. You may never come back to this church. You can't lose it. You may go out and do something really bad. You can't lose it because your salvation does not depend on what you do. It depends on who you believe in. 
Trust in Jesus. He saves you. No, he ought to change you, but that's not why you're saved. You're saved because you believed in him. All right, so I'm going to die one day. And this is what my children are going to remember. Did he live for what he wanted most? Or did he live for what he wanted in a moment? Max, I picked on you. Can I just, can I just tell you personally? I get scared of that. Because I know as a dad, there were moments when I just wanted to be left alone. And I didn't always have a right attitude. My wife's going to walk by that casket. Is she going to be able to say he lived for what he wanted most, what mattered most? Or he lived for moments? Brother Don, it weighs on me. I'm not perfect. I want my wife to have to look in a casket and say, you know, he did some good, but he was driven and consumed by moments of gratification more than by what mattered most. I have friends that are going to walk by that casket. And I'm not going to be able to cry at my own funeral, so I'm going to cry at it now, okay? I want friends to be able to look in that casket and say he wasn't perfect, but he lived for what mattered most. More than for what he wanted in a particular moment. I want a pastor. Brother Mike, I want a pastor. In a way that when this body is done. That people's children and grandchildren can walk by here and say he wasn't perfect. But he pastored for what mattered most. And he didn't use that position in that office to seek gratification in a moment. You know how that happens? You have to say no to temptation. Over and over and over and over again. Mamas, can you look at me, please? Mamas, wives, ladies, single ladies, can you look at me? What are you living for? Are you living for moments of gratification? Or is there a bigger purpose of God that you have latched onto and you're saying, I'm living for that, what matters most? Dads, husbands, fathers, you're going to be buried one day too. Will your family be able to say about you, he lived for what mattered most, or he was ruled by what he wanted in a moment?
teenagers. Come on, some of you I know your names, some of you I don't, but please look at me. I don't have to know your name to know this. God has a massively big plan for you. No, no, you don't get it, you don't get it. God has a really big plan for your life. Even you heathens over there. God has a really big plan for your life. Look at me, look at me. There are going to be so many moments where your commitment to God is assaulted and attacked. And look, I'm thankful for grace. And if you ever struggle or you fail, you have a church family that's going to rally around you and love you and help bring you back to the Lord. Don't, don't misrepresent this message, but can I tell you, the gratification of those moments will not last and the consequence of those moments, if they're not dealt with, will last. Do not give up what God wants to do most in your life for what you want in a moment. Don't give it up. What matters most to you? The purpose of God or a moment of gratification? Maybe tonight you just need to recalibrate and say, man, I, need to, I just need to be careful. Maybe tonight you need to have a conversation and you and your wife need to get down here and you say, God, we got some moments we need to get under control. Teens, there might be some of you that need to go grab your dad or mom right now and say, hey, can we pray? I'm just, I'm really struggling. We got some great men and great women in this church. Maybe you just need to go find someone that you trust and say, hey, can you come pray with me? Because I'm in danger of letting some moments ruin what matters most. The temptation doesn't last, the gratification doesn't last, but the consequences can. Do not sacrifice what matters most for what you want in a moment. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, would you please speak to us? I, well, I'm sorry. I hope you already have spoken to us. And I don't know where, I don't know where people are personally. I'm, I do not live my life trying to know anybody else's business. And so, God, I don't, I don't preach this message because I know something. God, you know that's not my heart. I don't, I don't preach this message because somebody's on my radar. I preach this message because I need the truth, and I am convinced that your people need the truth. So, Father, maybe there's some folks tonight that need to respond. They are in danger of sacrificing what matters most for what they want in a moment. And I just pray that you'd help them, Lord. Pray that you'd help them to humble themselves. And first, just admit, Lord, I'm not headed the right direction. And maybe the second step then is to remember this. I need, I need some encouragement. I need some help in this area. And God, we want to be a church where people can be helped. Where they're not made an example of, but where people are restored and encouraged. And they can find brothers and sisters to support them. And God, so maybe, maybe tonight some people need to have some conversations. But it starts with you. And so God, help some young people to, to seek you tonight and to say, I, I don't want to give up what matters most to satisfy something in a moment. Help some moms and dads to have that same prayer. Help, help, some, help some single adults to say, I, 
I, I know God has a plan for my life, and it may not look like I thought it would or I wanted it to, and things might happen that I don't know about, but I don't want to give up what matters most for what I want in a moment. Maybe it has to do with a habit. Maybe it has to do with an attitude. I don't know, but would you help your people to be honest with you and responsive to you? In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would there be anyone that would say by raising your hand, I am, I am living for gratification in a moment, and I am jeopardizing what matters most. Or maybe, maybe I'm, I don't even know that I'm jeopardizing it, but my thinking about it needs to change, and I need God's help in my life. Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand? Yep. See him. All right. Let's, let's just respond then. People are already coming. Let's, Brother Nate, sing. Let's stand together. If God has spoken to your heart, you respond to him. Altar is open. Respond to the Lord. Love.